Today on Tips from the Top Floor, we'll go a bit deeper into two aspects of the last episode. We'll look at frameworks and how they can help you with your photography. And we'll talk perspectives, but not just those that we photographers love so much. Join the photography and videography community at Photo Plus 2019, October 24 to 26 at the Javits Convention Center in New York City. This three-day photography and videography event exposes you to everything you need to improve your business and hone your craft. Get your hands on the newest gear from leading brands and hear practical tips during interactive sessions led by well-known experts directly in their booths. Visit photoplusexpo.com and use promo code TOPFLOOR to register for free. This is Tips from the Top Floor, episode 884, September the 26th, 2019. Tips from the top, from the top floor, tips from the top, all right, from the top floor. Hey, hello and welcome, it's Chris Markward, you're listening to Tips from the Top Floor, the longest running photography show on the planet. <laughs> Here we go, another episode, what's been going on with you uh, for the last week? Well, Monica and I spent a week up at the Baltic Sea, which, uh, or as we call it here, Ostsee, East Sea, because it's the east from where we live. Um, more for a vacation, less for photography, but uh, of course, I had the camera with me, the 7D Mark II, 24mm pancake lens, which is again about 40mm equivalent focal length, um, which is my, my basic walk around kit. I love being out there just with a just with a prime lens and I received a comment which I found interesting on one of the photos Um, someone said something to the effect of uh, um, they wouldn't have been they they wouldn't have they they hadn't expected a 24 millimeter pancake lens uh, an EFS lens to be that sharp and contrasty Uh, on one of the photos and this is interesting because the, the lens hardly ever has anything to do with the contrast in a photo. The contrast in the photo is is the light. The light does that. So uh, it was just great light and that made the contrast. Yeah, it, it seriously is a big, big factor. I've seen so many amazingly contrasty photos from really cheap lenses. But that the, the 24 millimeter pancake is, the Canon is a... It's a very decent lens. It's tiny, but it's a very decent lens. Love the sharpness on it. Love the size. <laughs> looks funny. Almost looks like a lens, uh, like a body cap on the camera instead of a lens. But yeah, I'm I'm a fan of this. Fan of that lens. Um, yeah, and I, I got a, I got a few shots that I really liked and uh, put them up on Flickr. Uh, did a bit of black and white work there. Um, link is in the show notes, so if you want to check them out. Follow the link in the show notes. What else? Not too much. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. The, the, we've been offline for a couple of days here. In yeah, j- Just a few days ago before I'm recording this. Deutsche Telekom broke. They do our, they, they, they're our ISP here. Biggest ISP in Germany. Um, they broke parts of their infrastructure out there somewhere. Don't ask me what box broke or something. But as a result, we ended up being off the grid for two days. Al- almost off the grid, okay. No DSL. We got one bar of 4G out here on the mobile, so that's not a lot. And luckily, it seems mostly fixed by now. But it re- it's really interesting how much we depend on the net these days. Uh, and of course, you re- only really notice when it's gone. I mean, I'm just I'm just glad our cameras still work 
fine when they're offline. So there's that. Yeah, about, about today's episode, we'll go a bit meta today. Uh, last week, I had Monica here on the show, and uh, we talked about travel photography. Well, we actually talked about what stresses us out in photography, and Monica talked about her feelings when uh, shooting in Ethiopia and Africa. Uh, if you haven't listened to this, uh, it's episode 879. I think it's really worth a listen, because... It taps into something that I think we as photographers, uh, we should embrace more. And that's the change in perspective. And I, I'm not just in terms of our photography. There's always at least two people in a photo, right? The person in front of the camera, the person behind the camera. So there are two perspectives. And if you add in the person who looks at the resulting photo, there's your third perspective. And playing with that and thinking about that, and I think that's important. Anyway, um, I got quite some feedback regarding that last episode. And uh, thanks to everyone who wrote in or who sent in a voicemail. And I've picked two of those for this episode. Hi, Chris. I don't have a question. I have a request. Please give your wife a big hug and a big kiss for me. I'm really impressed by the comments that she made regarding the trip in Africa, how people are intrusive and they're taking pictures of people because this is not an ex something they can see in Europe. So um, of, as a person of color, I traveled all over the world. Often I go places where they've never seen a black person and they shove cameras in my face and they're very rude. My friends, they don't understand why I have a problem with this. They think, oh, they're taking a picture of you because you're beautiful or they're taking a picture of you because you're interesting, you should be complimented. But you're right, it's like I'm a zoo person or a zoo thing or I am some type of object or tourist attraction. They'll take a picture and it's not as if it's of me. They're taking a picture so they can show their friends, oh, look what I saw today, not who I saw. So I'm very impressed. I've never heard a person who's not of color to be able to understand this. I think you're a remarkable woman. I wish I could say this to you in person. And just keep being who you are. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for sending that in, Leslie. Uh, and Monica also says thank you. Uh, she was really touched by what you said. And uh, I'm not sure you understand how much we appreciate your comment because the change in perspective especially in cultural perspective. That is something that we, we often talk about here. And I also love it because changing my perspective is also something... That, I mean, this is important in photography, right? Uh, when we try to compose a photo and we walk around a subject to see it from like from different angles and determine its shape and and how it interacts with its surroundings and with the background and with the light. That's what we do as, as photographers, Right, but unfortunately, I th I think that's still something we don't do enough in the rest of our lives, when it's not about photography, uh, especially in these times. I mean, to try to see the world from a different perspective through the eyes of another person—that's important. And what you just said, Leslie, that that again has just done that for me and Monica. And hopefully for a few others who listen right now. When when Monica and I talk about, uh, when we talked about going to a foreign country and, and uh, interacting with people there, as we 
as we did did about Ethiopia in the last episode. Of course, we we looked at that from our European white perspective. And and by the way, anyone who hasn't listened to the last week's episode, uh, this is probably the best place to pause this one and listen to episode 879 first, because everything I say here will be so much more in context. Uh, So again, yeah, we, we, of course, of course, we looked at it from our uh, European perspective, trying to understand the perspective of someone in Ethiopia, which is not easy, especially if you have a language barrier. And and you let you just managed to flip our perspective, and you actually you you flipped it twice because uh, because you said as a person of color you know you're not experiencing the things uh, we talked about just from from a receiving perspective. I mean you're not the one who's being visited, and and people come, but you're the one who's traveling, so you're the one visiting, so you are kind of the active part in this. But then uh, others who are being visited and are not used to seeing a black person then come become the active part when they take your picture out of, I don't know, maybe out of curiosity or just to have the, yeah, as you said, maybe to have a trophy to show their friends. Look what I saw, someone with a different skin color. And that's what makes it doubly interesting for, for us, um, this flip in perspective. And I love it. I really, really love it when these perspective flips happen in my in my mind, especially when they when they're unexpected. Because every time that happens, they open up your horizon just a little bit more. There's something new to learn, and that that gives me personally a kick every time I learn something new. Be it something technical about photography, or be it something cultural, that gives me a massive kick. I love this, and. In that context, I, I, I think it kind of reminds us that we're not quite there yet. That uh, everyone has their biases, which I think is natural, but also that we sh- probably should change our perspectives more often just to learn a bit more. Right? I should try to see the world through other people's eyes as often as I can, right? Because I think that's healthy. And I believe in, in, in the end it will make me a more complete human being. And uh, we're all learning. We're all learning all the time. At least that's what I hope we all do. And that's how I think it should be. We should never stop learning and we should never stop changing our perspectives, physically and culturally. So, Leslie, thank you so much for your feedback. I, I've, I have passed your hug on to Monica. It's, it's a topic that we discuss quite often and she really appreciated your feedback too. And you have added a new perspective for us. Thank you. Okay, quick word from this week's sponsor, Photo Plus. You have established a solid career, but these days it can be tough to shine among growing competition. What are you doing to make sure you're up to date with the latest trends, technologies, and techniques? Register for Photo Plus 2019. This three-day photography and videography event exposes you to everything you need to improve your business and hone your craft. Get your hands on the newest gear from leading brands and hear practical tips and tricks during interactive sessions led by well-known experts, exhibitors, host educators, 
education sessions directly in their booths. Topics cover everything from lighting, composition and design to image capture, retouching and storage and better promoting yourself and your work. No matter your specialty, you'll connect with peers and creative leaders and gain access to a full spectrum of technical and tactical knowledge to put into action right away. Your competition continues to elevate. Take the time to invest in your craft. Join the entire photography and videography community at PhotoPlus 2019, October 24 to 26 at the Javits Convention Center in New York City. Visit PhotoPlusExpo.com and use promo code TOPFLOOR to register for free. Hi, Chris. Loved the discussion, re-stress in photography, and also agreed with Jeremiah's point on TFOP about it being related to normal stresses in all parts of our personal and professional lives. I'm just reading a book now called Getting Things Done, and while it's a bit lengthy, it does address the point that our brains have a major function in constantly reminding us of outstanding items that we need or want to do. I guess that this is just another area related to our early evolution. I love photography, but for me some of the stress comes from the fact that photography is just one of several hobbies that I love and would like to pursue much more intently. Having now retired after a very enjoyable career as a corporate executive, I've learned a lot about dealing with stress and the negative impact it can have on people's lives. I really urge your listeners to manage stress across the whole spectrum of their lives and not just in their photography. The usual suspects of exercise, healthy diet, good relationships, meditation, etc., etc., are all very true and very reliable. I'd say if you are stressed out by life, you'll probably be stressed out by photography too. Thanks again for your great shows, Chris. I hope you and your listeners stay healthy, both physically and mentally. Hey, Bernie, thank you so much for your uh, for your feedback. Th- getting things done. I think that you're referring to David Allen's, um, well, probably it's a self-management method. That's what I would call it. And uh, while I've never really gone in-depth on it, my I, I use several frameworks several methods and frameworks in my daily life to manage yeah to manage stress and to manage the workload and uh, the fragmentation between things so i'm yeah i mean <laughs> i mean this is not no news here i'm a nerd at heart right i love silver bullets if i if if there's a one one to one relationship between a problem and a solution that's easiest right you have a, this is the problem this is how you solve it right but alas, that is not the how things work usually, right? There's more complex relationships between things. And I've had to learn that all by making mistakes, like everyone. Uh, and I'm not claiming that I'm perfect, that I've learned everything. I've st- never stopped learning. Um, uh, n- never stop learning. But, you know, there's stuff like thinking that this new lens will make you a better photographer, which is, of course... Yeah, it doesn't really help. Or by thinking that the new to-do list app will make me work better on my to-dos. And of course, that doesn't work. Uh, more often than not, in the in the past, I found myself spending more time managing the framework and the tools than managing the issues that made me look into that framework in the first place. And uh, yeah, I, again, to-do apps are probably my favorite example because it's easy to try out 20 different to-do apps on your phone 
to find the perfect one instead of actually doing the things that you're supposed to do. So in that respect, I've, I've long switched to a kind of a really simple solution on the to-do front. It's very non-fancy. It, I have an ASCII file. It's called to-do.txt. And that just sits on my Dropbox and I can easily access it from every device. And it's, yeah, it just does the trick. And and, and then uh, that might not work for everyone. Don't write me about this, but it works for me. And it doesn't it doesn't send me reminders. That's what I use my calendar for and my reminders app and stuff. So I still have a few other things. But I mean, I, mean, I don't want to talk frameworks in depth on this episode, but it's something that I've at least looked into. And... Uh, I, can, I think I kind of mix and match between different things. But this all links with photography because I find myself picking the best things from some of those frameworks and mix and match. Um, I don't do that deliberately. It's just, it's just something I learned by applying those frameworks to the rest of my life and then finding that some of that works for photography. And that, I think that's an interesting aspect to talk about. Let me give you an example here. Uh, one of the things, one of the methods of frameworks that I sometimes use, um, and again, I'm not by mo- no means perfect, um, but it's Merlin Man's Inbox Zero. And uh, let me read. There's a there's an article on Tech Target about it. Um, I will link uh, the video where Merlin Man introduces that uh, a very low resolution video, but it's still worth watching. I think. Um, and TechTarget writes, Inbox Zero is a rigorous approach to email management aimed at keeping the inbox empty or almost empty at all times. Inbox Zero was developed by productivity expert Merlin Mann. According to Mann, the zero is not a reference to the number of messages in an inbox. It's the amount of time an employee's brain is in his inbox. Mann's point is that time and attention are finite. And when an inbox is confused with a to-do list, productivity suffers. So in general, Inbox Zero is about attention management, I think. And uh, like Bernie said about getting things done, a full inbox will use some of your energy, like those things you haven't done, some of your attention subconsciously. We are just programmed to give something attention, to, to, to give something attention when it's not finished. And when I say inbox, of course, I'm not only talking about your email. I mean, our life is full of inboxes. There's so many places where so in channels that information comes in uh i'm also talking about your photos of course i'm talking about that big pile of photos that you that you put aside after that last vacation with the full and honest intent of working on them of 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 weeding out the bad ones and cataloging them and keywording them and rating them until you were home and life happened and your job happened and whoosh (laughs) there's, there's unfinished work sitting there uh, with your photos, a thousand photos, three thousand photos, ten thousand photos, that are still waiting to be worked on. It's just the way it happens. And what I learned for myself is that if I apply that inbox zero paradigm to my photos inbox, if I just take care of the photos right away, I'll sleep much better at night because my subconscious isn't weighed down with unfinished photo business. And for me, doing it right away has a really big advantage that the memory of taking each picture is still fresh so I can work on them like much quicker 
I'll, I'll, for example, I remember I took eight pictures of that one thing and that will help me plow through things faster because I know what I did there. And um, it, it is much faster. If I wait two months, I have to put in much more effort to dig up those memories and help me process those pictures. It's, it's a bit like those... <laughs> yeah, that's a good example. It's a bit like those pots and pans in your sink. If you wash them right away, cleaning them is quick and easy. If you let them dry for a week, <laughs> getting those crusty and hardened stains off is going to be so much harder and will take so much more time and effort. And that's all. also the thing I learned when looking into getting things done, that framework that uh, you mentioned. And that is if... Uh, I, think, I think there's like a two-minute rule in there. Something doesn't take more than two minutes. Do it right away. And that applies to photos as well. Now, for my for myself, I've extended that to like five minutes. If something doesn't take longer than five minutes, uh, do it right away. And there's an amazing amount of five-minute chunks in a day. Uh, it really has helped me get much faster because, I mean, let's do the math. Uh, math. Uh, let's say you sleep eight hours, 16 hours awake, times 60 minutes, da, 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 divided by five. 192 five-minute chunks in an average day. And it's amazing what you can do in five minutes. That's another thing to learn. You have to learn how much stuff you can do in five minutes because it's more than you think it is. Um, import your photos. That takes, well, that doesn't even take minutes. That takes seconds. And I'm not talking about the, the extra length of it because, I mean, you do it right away. Even if it takes 10 minutes because your computer is so slow or your memory card or your card reader are slow, you won't have to handhold your computer. You won't have to babysit your computer while it's doing the import. So the actual time it takes is the, is the few seconds to hook up your card reader, click on import, right? So that stuff, do it right away. Then it's done. Or it actually does itself. Um, here's another framework that I used in the past which, nah, it's not a really a framework. It's more a method to help you overcome procrastination. And uh, when it comes to procrastination, believe me, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm probably the world's best procrastinator. And uh, one little and very, very simple method that has helped me uh, is called the, the Pomodoro Technique. You might have heard of it. It's It's more about time management and about about avoiding procrastination. Um, the word pomodoro, that's Italian for tomato. And uh, I looked it up, the guy who invented it sometime like 30 years ago. His name is Francesco Chirillo, I think is how you pronounce it. Um, and he called it the pomodoro because he used a, you know, these tomato-shaped kitchen timers. And he used that for it. And it's basically breaking down your work into like 25-minute chunks, um, and you set the timer, and then during that you concentrate on one single task while the timer runs. And then you get a... There's a mandatory five-minute break, and then you do the next 25-minute segments until you're done, or until you just don't feel feel it anymore. And this is amazingly effective for me. I use that, I use that for writing, for example. Um... I also use it for working in photos. And it really is effective because you have this time from you also reward yourself with a break and with uh, uh, 
other stuff. So you, you cut out the distractions, do 25 minutes, all it takes 25 minutes. And usually that's all I need, right? After a photo session, after a day of photography, 25 minutes, boom, done. Um, and if you need to, you do another round. But, uh, but, but at this point, I don't really need it anymore because I kind of... It helped me understand how much I can get done in in five minutes or in twenty five minutes, but when the when I needed it, it was really good help. So in short, I mean, you can do stress management and photography management, and it kind of is the same thing. Uh, and over time, I have incorporated a lot of bits and bobs from from those various frameworks. There, there are more. Uh, <laughs> this is an entire episode on itself. Uh, but yeah, I've incorporated lots of pieces from here and there into my photography and my into my ph- photography workflow, and it has really helped me. And maybe that's also a way for you to approach that big pile of still to work on photos. Anyway, I will put a link to all those frameworks and methods in the show notes. Go check them out; they might help you too. And here we are at the end of this episode. Thanks again to this week's sponsor, PhotoPlus. And of course, a big thank you to all of you great people who actively support TFTTF on Patreon. Here is the list. Jeremy Kirvin, Jeffrey Block, Alex Croso, Bernhard Goldbach, Daniel Hertrich, Ken Davidson, Leslie Redlin, Marco Binder, Matt Armstead, Peter Morrow, Scott Wurzel, Tom Stewart, Eran Pinasov, Stu Silberman, Alice Brun, Alan Bruce Horn, Andrew B. Anthony, Chad Lee Clark, Chandra, Christopher Greenhill, Dave Smith, David Recht, Enkyong, Francesco Scaglioni, Greg Anastasi, Holger Krupp, James Trimble, Jim Caldwell, John Donahue, Josh Hopko, Just Me MR, Ken Berrien, Kal Nishioka, Marvin Aaron, Michael Grunert, Peter M. Spradling, Rob Duber, Robert Goschko, Ryan Gilio, Zina Fahad, Steven Sandler, Thomas Nielsen, Trevor Palmer, and Woody. Thank you so much. And of course, it's easy to get your name on this list by joining the wonderful group of Patreon supporters at tfttf.com slash Patreon. Thank you. Music for the show by Jeff Smith, Sound Partners and HP Kogerud Publishing and Slack Challenges by ReadSpeaksy, Matt Resseter, Armstead, Slack Invitations by Chief Invitation Officer, CIO Rusty Russ. And the link to get on the Slack and participate in this and the next challenges is in the show notes. Check it out. My name is Chris Markward. You'll find me on social media at Chris M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T. Go out and take amazing photos. Share them with the world. Be nice to each other. Check your perspectives and happy shooting. <laughs>